Yeah, Joe, this was quite a uh, quite a task doing yeah, the overkill I, stuff. And of course, it didn't help that I kind of procrastinated, so I really, you know, had to cram that all into like a week's time. Turned out I yeah. didn't have to because we ended up doing the show later. But you know, <laughs> I was ready two weeks ago. But yeah, yeah it, it, uh, it was a it was a, a daunting task. I mean, I here I thought between the sixteen albums of Queens, right, the sixteen you know album discography <laughs> of Maiden, I thought, oh yeah, that's right, they have nineteen. Mm-hmm. Oh Let's dig into that. Oh, and I started going through because you know I've listened to him a million times already. Yeah, I got all right. that stuff. So for me, it was a little easier. But then I started writing mm-hmm. notes, and I'm like, "Holy God, I got five pages of friggin' notes on this." <laughs> That's great, though. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. as me and Mark are a little more, you know, we're less versed in in the the, the full overkill history. This is going to be this is good that we've got you here to keep us anchored into uh, <laughs> into what overkill's all about. You know. I haven't listened to anything since no the okay. first our first rank show or maiden okay. made uh, kind of skimmed through it. I didn't listen to every minute. But. Well, I, well, I do get a lot of that, Mark. About uh, we do we have a, a great banner, you know, when we get together for our things and stuff. And there's a comedy and everything, just really loose and fun. And I think people really appreciate that. I know I do. So yeah, I think it makes it less dry and crusty, and you know, yeah, people right. hear hear people having fun and enjoying themselves. So. Yeah, talk about old men wanting to, you know, get a box of Kleenex and, you know, jack off the Tawny Katane is always a great listening. (laughs) That's that's really going to play well with our 18 to 42 audience. Yeah. (laughs) Our demographics. (laughs) Yes, how could could it not? I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. I'm Chop Top. And Slugmeister, for now. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) And you are listening to... Heavy Metal Horror. Take it away, Chop Top. All right, this episode we are talking about one of the premier... East Coast thrash bands, very important to World Thrash, Overkill. And we're going to be reviewing from bottoms up our least favorite Overkill albums to our favorites. Yes. 19 uh, album marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, a, not afraid to admit that half, you know, about halfway through and about three quarters of the way through, I was hitting these thrash walls. I was just thrashed out. The, uh, Overkill Overdose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Here's the name of the title. Name of the, of the episode. episode. That's what it's going to be called, Kitty. Overkill so, Overdose. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's the I, Boone and Bane with a band like Overkill. It's like they're really pretty consistent. You know, I'm not sure if I'm blowing my wad here too early, but that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I think yeah. the same for me. Overkill is not a band that I've really kept up with over the years. Uh, you know, I should have. Uh, I'm glad that I've, you know, that we're doing this and I'm you know, getting more exposed to Overkill. It's a band that I should be more familiar with. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's just not a band that's that really grabbed my attention over the years. So yeah, for me, this is almost a uh, uh, first impressions list more than anything. You know, mm-hmm. most of this material I've not heard. So, uh, Well, they are, they are one of the most underrated, but hardest working metal bands. And very, again, we'll go back to consistency that Montag said. Uh, you really know what you're getting. And, and that's a sign to me. That's a band that they don't care about fads. They don't care about other phases. They're staying true to their fans and trying to keep continue to build that fan base and do what they do best. And, of course, one of the best live bands. I've seen them three times. And generally, they've gotten better as they've aged. Like, their albums just get stronger as they go. You know, so that's, that's a hallmark of a good band. So, I mean, we have to put them in an order. You know, right. we have to, but this is relative to one another because I don't think they've made a bad album. You know, there's some mm-hmm. I like more than others, but I don't think they've made a stinker or a clunker. All right, uh, Chop Top, you begin number 19. Sure, number 19. Um, I'm going with 2005's Relics 14. I believe that's how you say it, Relic 14. Uh, strong tracks off that, Within Your Eyes, Bats in the Belfry, Keeper, is a jammer. Um, bad. The last song, Old School, just, I don't know, I found it silly and just nothing I go back to. A lot of the album I felt, and I don't reach for it a lot, is boring, a lot of filler. 
uninteresting. Um, the nice thing with Overkill and the consistency talking about, and we'll get to that in later albums, but uh, they usually open with such a banger and they have a hell of a closing too. And that's, I think we talked about that in our Queens right up. So many of those albums, you get a great you know, opening one and the end just close it, bookends it so good. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I get out of this band a lot too. When I was going down memory lane, listening to these again, I'm like, wow. Yeah, open I agree. Track's solid, end track's solid. So that was my number 19. All right. Shall I go on, next? On tag. Let's just go and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 1987's Taking Over. Um, I like the song Wrecking Crew. And uh, I think there some of their earlier thrash, they were discovering their sound, um, which evolves uh, eventually. It's a, a higher album where they finally kind of bring that groove sensibilities into that thrash. Um, you know, I, I, I like thrash in limited amounts. I'm not a I'm not a thrash junkie, but I can appreciate it. But I had to put something at 19. This was one of their earlier efforts. And uh, so there. Okay, sure. for me, 19. I am uh, I am in agreement with, uh, with Chop Top here. Uh, Relics, for me, um, was pretty lackluster. I, I, it had some moments, but uh, as I was listening to it, like those, by the time I hit the interesting moments, I was a little bit fatigued you know like they were just too few and far between uh, all in all in this i thought the guitar work was kind of uninspired you know there was an it's just a little bit canned so yeah all all in all this one just felt uh it definitely it didn't feel up to their normal their normal standards of uh their energy you know that they bring to their music and stuff mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was entirely there uh yeah bats in the belfry there's a few tracks mm-hmm. yeah uh, i that like were, that one and loaded rack I like mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Sound of Flesh, the breakdown in the middle of that was these staccato sort of drum beats was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, wheels, you know, it was catchy, kind of basic, but had, had you know, it was a pretty catchy tune. Um, the sound quality is a little, uh, I think that's what I was going to talk about, because it's a little higher up on my list, but uh, I thought the guitar's distortion was really mid-rangey. You know, it kind of lacked a big punch. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they, I liked the groove that they were doing in that, in that album. But I, I totally get it. It's. I liked it a lot more when it first came out, and in the, in the last fifteen years, it's kind of sunk down a little bit lower because of. I think maybe because the other stuff they've done is better, or I just my taste had changed, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I totally I can totally see your guys' points with that. Okay. Uh, number eighteen, Immortalis, two thousand seven. Oh. I put on my notes here. I mean, as far as tracks I, I like devils in the mist skull and bones with randy blythe from lamb of god who i love lamb of god too uh walk through fire and overkill five the brand um it's a step better than relics still there's a lot of songs that filler is still a problem and this mm-hmm. is two years after the release of relics and i just thought yeah it's a step up better but mm-hmm. still had a filler, a filler problem going it feels weird because I know I think our lists are going to be so disparate because we're, you know, like like uh, Slunkmeister said, it's almost like a first reaction in a way because I, I'd not listened to them enough to where it's like sunk in. Like when we did Maiden, I knew those albums by heart just because I've mm-hmm. listened to them, you know, for the last thirty cool. some years. Um, <laughs> so it's a little little different here. But I I kind of I kind of get that I do like Devils in the Mist. I think that was a tour that we saw them on Chop Top. That that might have been that was what they opened with, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Or Necroshine or something perhaps. Maybe they'll put Necroshine. Yeah, Necroshine maybe. Yeah. So, but but uh, my number eighteen is uh, from nineteen eighty eight, Under the Influence. Uh, this was my first Overkill album. I bought it for two ninety nine at the uh, <laughs> local record store in Bowling Green, uh, where a buddy of mine was actually running the store so uh got it for two dollars and 99 cents uh end of the line it sounds a lot like uh something off killers maybe phantom of the opera the gutter is good i think it's something that they still play um head first uh some of the songs i liked less were brain fade drunken wisdom you know but again this is an early or early album it's got the thrash you know and i love that 80s thrash sound for what it is but i think they were still trying to find their way this and so that's number 18 for me uh, okay 18 for me 1996 the killing kind 
at this point, when I, as I was working through their their whole library, and this was a, definitely a crash course in overkill, there were kind of two overkills that were emerging to this point. There was kind of the thrash uh, groove, and then you had this sort of almost progressive. There was some progressive elements here and there, um, or more maybe experimental overkill. Um, from what I had read about this, this album kind of split the fan base a bit between sort of those two camps, like the, you know, your traditional thrash and then the more experimental sort of overkill. Um, uh, this album, so this album didn't really resonate to me. It didn't feel like it did either one of those things really well to my mind. Um, so that's why it's kind of, you know, it didn't, didn't land real, real well, uh, for me. Um, a battle. I think the track "Battle" was pretty cool. It has a nice groove, a nice little breakdown in the middle. A "Burn You Down to Ashes." Uh, I like a good moody ballad, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I, I like that track a lot. So uh, yeah, all in all, it just I, I felt like this album just didn't couldn't figure out what it really wanted to do. All in all, mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's just how it felt for me. So yeah, that's that's what I got at eighteen there. Okay. Well, my number 17 is actually Slunkmeister to Killing Kind. And okay. uh, my real problem with this album to me is thin production across the whole thing. It just sounded thin. Mm. Not really meaty enough. Nothing really, I don't know, just not bass heavy, not drum heavy. Just even the guitars were totally mixed. It just was thin. And uh, I do know that, uh, you know, Battle, you mentioned that. I like Godlike. A certifiable, burn you down to ashes, cleansing and cold hard fact. The bad about it, uh, the ballad on the morning after and private bleeding. Just they're not a ballad band in the traditional ballads. Like burn you down to ashes of dark moody pieces that have some mid tempo yeah. pacing as well. That's overkill. But when they try to go for a traditional belt, uh, <laughs> um, so it just didn't sound natural because it's not it's not part of their repertoire. They're not a they're not a naturally traditional ballad band. So yeah, so that was my number uh, seventeen. Okay, that's a, this is interesting. I like like you being an Overkill fan that has been a fan for decades. You know, mm-hmm. kind of where you're, you're like are my first impressions similar? You know, to kind of how you're feeling. This is kind of interesting to see where you're coming from on these these various albums, uh, you know, as compared to my sort of initial impressions going through them. Yeah. And I'm kind of in between the two of you, you know, in that (laughs) regard, like where I've, I've like listened to them for longer, but it's, it's not a band I go to often. Um, But this has made me really appreciate them. And like, I put them in higher up in my rotation. Now I want to hear them more often. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Because if seeing them live, they are really super impressive. I mean, Dee Dee Verney is like is one of the backup best backup vocalists in metal. A great bass player, and he kind of looks like one of our friends, our mutual friend there, Slunkmeister. Looks like Glenn a little bit. When I see him, so when I see him, I'm like, Glenn, you son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like you start shaking your fist like plankton. So, and that's probably some of the reason why. But but I do like his vocals. I like the the yells and the the calls that they have in the band. You know, kind of the backup. So. It adds a lot to it. My number 17. Wait, did you do yours, Chop? 17? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah mine was The Killing Kind. Killing okay. Kind, yeah. Uh, right. Mine uh, was 1989, The Years of Decay. Some of the things I liked, uh, like Ooh. playing with spiders, sounded a lot like Transylvania or one of those early metal or Maiden songs. I found a lot of similarities in their earlier stuff, like the melodies and the rhythms totally were taken, taken from Maiden a little bit. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. And yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Maiden is a huge influential band. And again, yeah. I look at these earlier, these 80s albums as a thrash band looking to to identify themselves, which is what I think happens later on in their career. You know, a few more albums in where they kind of develop a sound that has become uniquely them. And what I found is like they began with this thrash. They kind of went to a groove and then they've gotten back into the thrash, you know, in some regards, or kept that. So it's become more ferocious, if anything, as they've aged, you know. So, but uh, my number seventeen, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this album. 
uh, it's just I, you know, it was a lower half album, um, and uh, so there, the years of decay. Hmm. Interesting, you're so mm-hmm. wrong on that one, but okay. I'm feel like I'm wrong so on all okay, these. Yeah, you're wrong, but we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. yeah. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> So we're 17 here. Okay. 17. For me, uh, 17 is 1999's Necroshine. Uh, yeah, uh, this album, this one, as I was trying to de- sort of define this one, I was struggling. It has, uh, it's got all the elements that I like. It's got some good riffs, some nice time changes, got some experimentation, you know, got a little stank face in there, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me as much as the previous album from the underground and below. Um, I, I thought it was a much better album. Um, I think maybe the the previous album was a little more uh, had more catchy songs. Maybe that was what was missing here is the the songs just didn't have a catchiness to them that that grabbed my attention, got me nodding, you know. So, yeah, this one was a little little tough for me to really hone in on exactly what it was lacking for me, but uh, maybe and maybe that was it. So, yeah, ne- Necro Shine at seventeen. All right. Uh, my number sixteen is actually Necroshine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering. I, I, I was wondering on this. Yeah, when we're There's, gonna be like overlapping, where we're gonna overlap or you know overlap. <laughs> this is hilarious. Well, I love the title track. It's a burner. Um, yeah. I think the second half of the album has a stronger tracks. Stone Cold Jesus, Fork Tongue Kiss, I Am Fear, Black mm-hmm. Line, Dead Man. But uh-huh. we talked about it already. I think Montag mentioned it as well. 90s Overkill had a groove metal thing going, almost Pantera-ish at times. Um, uh, yep. It had a little change in style, but I liked it. It was still still Overkill. I mean, you could still tell it was Overkill, but they definitely had this transition when they hit into the 90s, that period before 2000, that it was a groove metal kind of band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not the traditional thrash. Not that that was a bad thing, but but I appreciate it for what it was, but it's just not it's not higher up on my list. Yeah, I agree. I, I forgot to mention the title track, Necroshine. That is an awesome mm-hmm. opening song. That one really oh, does yeah. grab you. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was the stank face on that album. That one definitely got <laughs> definitely gives yeah. you the stank face. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a great <laughs> album. Track. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that track is, is really good, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing I will say about this band is uh, if you like the way they sound on their records you were going to love the way they sound live because it is every bit as good if not better live i mean they you know there are some bands who make a really good album but they can't play that they can't keep that sonic richness or intensity live and there are other bands who you know they supersede themselves when they when they come out and play live and overkill is definitely one of those bands they they uh just come out and just spread and give it everything i think it's the mark of a really good band is is seeing them live and, and hearing them so mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, Necro Shine is a killer. The ah, intensity okay. of them live is just, it's, it's incredible. Because, um, you know, they're on the smaller stages, obviously. Stuff, but man, they just bring it every night, day in, day out. Truly, truly a uh, working class live metal. Okay, so, Montag. Montag, uh, you're that, that number 16. 16. Number 16 for mine is uh, 1994's WFO. I, I just wasn't crazy about this album. It, it seems really kind of repetitive. Um and I honestly, and I wrote, maybe I'm getting burned out because by this time I had been listening through, you know, their discography and it could have just been, I was just, I just hit a wall. So I, I'm, I'm putting my little caveat, you know, my little asterisk next to this, cause I might really like it more next time, but there was just something about WFO that just seems repetitive. And that, that's why I kind of lowered it in the, where it's at number 16 for me. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I think if we, uh, you know, revisited this in, in a year if, after we've listened to more Overkill, this list would definitely mm-hmm. change. You know, mm-hmm. some some albums, some of my favorite albums actually took several listens for to grow on me to really, mm-hmm. you know, to get. So I'm sure that's that's the case with the uh, with, with mm-hmm. a lot of this list. But yeah, sometime so far, me and uh, Chop Topper are, are are dead on with it. <laughs> yeah, you guys should go to prom together. Yeah. <laughs> Only if he pisses uh, me under the bleachers. That's right. Well, I think I'll kiss you anywhere you want. <laughs> Do more than that. That's right. Yeah, uh, you better put out. He's buying the tux. Uh, Come 16. on, feel the noise. <laughs> so, uh, chop you, you killbox thirteen. Was that already on your list? Nope, not on mine. So that's at sixteen for me. Um, this was uh, 
largely a, it's a it's a return to early thrash overkill which uh you know for me isn't my favorite version of overkill they're real early stuff i like the little little more groove to my to my overkill so um but the thing that saved it were, were the groove sections here so uh it kind of broke up some otherwise I, I thought maybe some of the songs got a little monotonous for me <laughs> so all in all so uh but yeah the the groove the groove sections were real nice uh, i liked uh, devil by the tail I love the uh, that sort of Angel of Death esque breakdown in the middle of that track was really good. Struck down, uh, it was pretty interesting. Had some cool layers to it and stuff. So uh, that's a couple of the standout tracks for me. So yeah, Killbox thirteen, number sixteen for me. Choice uh, number fifteen, two thousand seventeen is the Grinding Wheel. Ooh. I thought like the tracks, the wheel, and the title track, the Grinding Wheel could have been just one song. Mean Green Killing Machine, though, another burner opening up an album. Mm-hmm. Our Finest Hour, Shine On, Come Heavy, very Sabbathy. Um, there's another album later on for me that's total Sabbath album. And uh, bonus track within Lizzie's Emerald, I thought was really well done. So I guess for me, it just maybe I listened to it too much when it first came out and it's just grown away from me and I don't grab as much. But uh, overall, you know, old school thrash and. Uh, Getting back to kind of that, I like. I personally like the reverse. I like the old school with, you know, style. And uh, I do appreciate. I like a lot of the groove metal laden ones too. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, you know, it's not higher because I think there's a lot more that are better than that on my list. Yeah, number fifteen. Yeah, that's uh, we are only one off on that one there, Chop Top, because that's my number fourteen. Um, oh. But my number fifteen is uh, Feel the Fire. I think wasn't that their first album? The yes. mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought was a, a really good album for a, a band's first album. They came out, they had their sound. It's it was traditional thrash, you know, didn't didn't have much to separate it from the other thrash that was going on. It was that sound. But I thought for a for a band's first album, it was competent, it was it was well written, it was sounded mature in a way that other uh you know, other first albums didn't take. But uh, and, it's, and there's no particular reason I, not like I didn't like it. It just I had others that I liked better. That's the only reason why I picked it at low. It's a a lower half album for me. Um, yeah, but a great a great effort. Feel the fire. Yeah, I think that's where we're getting to as well on this list. Like these, you know, these aren't bad albums. These, are, you know, they, there's a certain consistency Overkill brings. So it that makes it hard to rank these things because they're really it is within yeah. very you know you really got to go real fine find the, the finer points to kind of separate them out so yeah it may be come down to a song or two or something that just something yeah. that isn't working that can separate the two because there's a lot of good content uh, yeah. on on everything you know yeah and i i agree slunkmeister in a year time when we come back and revisit this we'll, i'm sure this list will be radically slightly different than what it is now can i definitely save this and and look at it again later mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. uh yeah 15 for me i got uh white devil armory uh 2014s um this one i i feel like maybe i was this was where i was hitting some some fatigue because i feel like this album maybe deserves better but i just struggle to connect with it uh i mean it's not phoned in the effort's there mm-hmm. um i think it's one of those albums that i may need a few more listens for it to really grow on me uh you know i was kind of checking reviews on this one and the fans the overall the fans seem to really love it um so it's yeah i i'm I'm just going to say this is maybe a a little fatigue sitting in on this one and i'd venture to say that this is going to climb the list later on Mm -hmm. as i listen to this one a little more but uh, for right now 15 white devil armory yeah because it's a brutal album you know it's Mm -hmm. heavy you know yeah but i totally get it man when you hit that wall it, no, no matter how impressive it is, you just you can't appreciate it because you just like nope, I hit it, yeah. and it's all just kind of yeah. sound yeah, like a wall. Yeah, a man like this that just keeps bludgeoning you over the head. You know they, they they're right. just going to keep hammering away at you. You know, yeah. you, you just can't feel the blows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find them, guys. You're right that those little nuances, and you really have to put mm-hmm. more time and energy into because it just runs. Yeah, it's it's not the band's fault by any means. No, no. It's it's no. just because it is so good and so consistent, you know, after a while, it's like those kinds of bands that stand out because they are so consistent in their sound, you know what you're going to get. 
it's bands like ACDC or like Motorhead that when you heard mm-hmm. three songs, you kind of know what mm-hmm. you're going to get. And mm-hmm. that's what I like this evolution of this band. And they are returned. They've returned. They got the groove, the you know, thrash groove and then combinations of the two. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a testament. Well, I don't know. Hint to next time's show um, <laughs> to, to their, uh, to their ability to just write consistently good music. So yeah, we're we're struggling here, Overkill. We love you, we love you, man. Uh, what was it, number fourteen? Is that fifteen? That was fifteen. Was 15. Oh, okay. So top fourteen for us. Now. All right, guys, number fourteen for me, Killbox thirteen. I thought it had great production overall. Devil by the Tail, we named it Damned. I love Damned. Crystal Clear, the sound of dying. There's real fast breaking in it. Really enjoy Until I Die and Unholy. Um. For me, it was just, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I like the, I thought it was stronger, obviously, than what I said before. Uh, definitely stronger than Killing Kind. and Still had the groove metal thing rolling, even into 2013. Yeah, some interesting bits in there. I mean, not a bad album. Is it something, again, that, again, I hear these so many times. I've listened to mm-hmm. it. I'm such a fan that mm-hmm. it's just, like, I got to pull away from for a while. That's my number 14, though. Nice. Uh, my 14 is the grinding wheel 2017. It's, it's not a bad, it's maybe repetitive or simple. My notes were like, something feels off, you know, it just, and again, that could have been my fatigue too. It's hard to say, but something just felt off by the album. I do like mean green killing machine. The long road sounds like a Megadeth song. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the, the, uh, one of the albums best was red, white, and blue. I thought that was a really strong song. So there, my number 14, the grinding wheel, that might be as close as we're going to get there, chop top. <laughs> just being yeah. being ranking especially, like, especially some ones you guys have listed at the bottom are the ones that i've are, have like floated <laughs> to the top I'm like well all right that's, that's great yeah, that's interesting well especially yeah. after years of decay comment so we'll go beyond that but uh we can overlook yeah yeah what you slunk uh let's see we are at 14 14 For me, this is, we're gonna go with uh 85's feel the fire so the debut album uh ah. boy some you know one one thing back in the 80s maybe even early 90s uh a lot of these bands boy their early stuff was raw was really low production quality you could tell they were you know they found some basement studio that they recorded these in mm-hmm. i mean there's some nostalgia there you know it's cool but these guys started you know these guys started uh very uh, modest uh and feel the fire is is definitely got that but it's definitely it's got some cool uh Early Judas Priest vibes at times, even like Metallica, like Kill 'Em All type vibes. Mm-hmm. Early Maiden, like know, Purgatory or something, kept kind of yeah. popping up. Um, so you know, which is which is awesome. It's a, a sign of its time. Um, but yeah, real low budget production. Um, but I still, you know, I mean, Rotten to the Core, I think is a uh, is a is a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's mm-hmm. when they play in their sets today. Still, yep. you know, yeah. Hammerhead's another one, right? Feel the fire. The title track is 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 nice. So yeah, mm-hmm. all in all, a good album. Just real raw. Love to see a, a remix or something. Uh, have they ever remastered that one, Chop Top, and re-released yeah. it at all? Yes, actually, I, I got. Uh, it's a combination of Feel the Fire and Fuck You and Then Some. Their EP <laughs> with the middle finger on it, you know, and uh, it's gotcha. remastered. And I got that well, four or five months ago, and okay. uh, it sounds a lot fresher. Sounds a lot better. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's also a nice package to get. I think it was like eleven dollars and something. But to get it brand new with the, even the EP on there, it's hard to find regularly. So nice. But yeah, yeah, I like the yeah, sound. Yeah, be interested that. to hear a remaster version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck you is a great hey. song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Fuck you. <laughs> the whole attitude. That's what I love about about Overkill is this attitude. You know, the middle fingers on like all their. I'm like most of their t-shirts. We're just here to fucking piss you off and we don't give a shit. You know, just fuck you, get out of our way. I'm like, yeah. Just the it's like they not only have the balls to like say that, but they they look like they can back it up. Like these are tough, crappy guys. You know, who will just probably just you know, you don't want to piss them off. They'll just GD Vernie would just beat the shit out of you, you know? Yeah, Jersey Jersey boy, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what I like about it. It's the attitude, the swagger they bring, and it's gotta be that tough New Jersey. You know, and on the one end, you've got 
Bruce Springsteen on the other end, you've got overkill, you know? <laughs> and uh, I say, going into a fight, I'm bringing overkill. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they're going to fight know, I dirty. written at the, at the end of my notes, actually, uh, Montag, very big letters, attitude. Just to describe one word about this band, it's attitude. Sure. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. All right. 13. So, 13. 13. 97s from the underground and below. Production right. style again. Uh, you can really tell, I think this is where you really tell early on to the, the groove metal thing on this. Mm-hmm. But songs like It Lives, Save Me, Long Time Dying, mm-hmm. I love. Uh, mm-hmm. Fucked, F-U-C-K, F-U-C-T, yeah. <laughs> I'm All Right, uh, The Rip and Tear, yeah. mm-hmm. a little bit of murder. But the bad about it for me, again, the ballad promises. Yes. Yeah. yeah oh, they're just not that's... a traditional ballad band. No, it's I think not. they learned their lesson after this. This was a back-to-back album, actually, with a traditional ballad attempt. And I'm so glad they fucking stopped it, because they're not a yeah. traditional ballad. Right. That was my yeah. note on there. Promises is the only weak song I thought on the album. But yes, it's it's it comes out like, oof. come on, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, like, I like that one, too. I'll talk about that one more, because that's higher on my list. Uh, 13 for me, Necroshine. Necroshine's a great song shows that groove thrash we've talked about it i like the song revelation and at the time that's why i like about again this band gets better as they go and at the time this i mean they're showing real progress at this time and necroshine's it's a solid album but they've put out albums that i think have been better that just kind of pushed it down a little bit for me so it's uh it's it's in the lower middle range necroshine but we've all talked about it and i don't need to say any more about it all right slump Okay, 13 for me. We're going 94's uh, WFO. Yeah, this was Overkill's first, uh, as far as I could tell, their first self-produced album. It's definitely a move back to their um, their thrash roots after, I think, I Hear Black was the previous album. Uh, much more, you know, sludgy, groove-oriented stuff. Um, I, I would venture to guess, you could answer this, Chop Top, that this is a, uh, you know, uh, you probably like this album more than I do. It's kind of early Overkill vibes to me. <laughs> You do, <laughs> yeah. so um, so yeah. I'd imagine you know old school fans like you are very happy with it. For me, it just didn't uh, scratch any particular itch. There wasn't mm-hmm. here, there wasn't much here that really grabbed my attention. You know, I didn't make a single stank face. I don't think throughout this one, so <laughs> that's why I dropped down the list just a little bit. <laughs> it's, you know, still a solid. It's the thirteen, so it's still a pretty solid album. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot of good. I mean, there's some standout tracks. Under one, gasoline dream. That mm-hmm. one definitely gets you nodding, you know, mm-hmm. like the main chorus in that one. Um, some nice time changes. I actually, I wish more of the album was kind of like that song, was more like Gasoline Dream, personally. Um, but uh, that that's just more to my taste. Like you said, Chop, you, you like the, the more straightforward old thrash overkill. I like mm-hmm. the groove a little bit yeah. more, personally. That's right. so just a matter of taste right there. Right, exactly. So right. That's the 13 for me, WFO. Now we're on to 12. Number 12. 12 for me is Under the Influence, 88. Um, I think I, I like Shred. Let me see what I write here. I can't even read it. It's a killer song. Wish I would have, you know, heard live. It's one song I wish I would have heard them live do, and I don't think they ever did. Never Say Never, Hello from the Gutter. I like Drunken Wizard. It's doomy, mm-hmm. Sabbathy in a way. Mm-hmm. End of the Line and Overkill 3. Uh, it's higher on the list personally because it was the second album of theirs I got. And um, still, you know, I mean, the, the production, eh, early production, we talked about that already on the early thrash albums and releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, big, fat, wet yeah. snare drum sound and yeah, the <laughs> yeah. tinny guitars. <laughs> right, and many songs, again, on, on this one, they were not known. So other than the ones I, you know, I mentioned, I, I liked it a lot better, obviously, in 88 than they do it. Uh, I won't mention what my age is now, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's number 12 for me. Uh, my number 12 was 2007's Immortalis. I thought the engineering was better. It was, you know, thrashy. We all have talked about Devils in the Mist. Uh, great song. The negative songs are the songs that didn't stand out to me. Hellish Pride. Um, some of the songs run together a little bit. Uh, some of the riffs were pretty simple or maybe too repetitive. Something I noted in the song Overkill 5, it kind of seemed like it revisited to Tame a Land a little bit in the note progression. There was uh, oh, some stuff I thought, oh, that, that sounds like to tame the land. The chord, or maybe the chord progression or something like that. I think just the very uh, intro 
of Tatama Land. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Nice. Immortalis, number 12. Uh, 12 for me. We're going to go 93's I Hear Black. Yeah, this one's big sound. I like the sound. It's a real bombastic, dense sort of sounding uh, with maybe a little raw edge to it, which I think helps for Overkill. That's kind of where they, they sound best, I think. A little more raw uh, sounding. Definitely a different direction for them. Uh, real focus on groove metal here. I think it was uh, kind of the sign of the time. You're talking early 90s. You know, all in all, it was a, it fell a little flat because I think that's kind of out of Overkill's comfort zone to go this this groove oriented. Uh, I don't think that's where they're they're that's that's not exactly their wheelhouse. So that's why it wasn't wasn't quite. Even though I like the groove stuff, and this is number twelve, so it's it's not a mm-hmm. it's not a bad album at all. Um, but um, uh, maybe a little more mix of groove with with some raw overkill. I, I would have probably liked it a little more, but. Uh, um, I, Shades of Grey, some of the tracks Shades of Grey, really interesting song mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like um, it's definitely not a standard overkill song but I, I kind of like when they stretch themselves a little bit musically uh, doesn't always work, but it, it did for me here um, I kept getting, I, for some reason, these Stone Temple Pilot sort of vibes from that song mm-hmm. um, but his, uh, yeah great, great um, Feed My Head, great groove great vocals on that um, yeah, the uh, Blitz's vocals on uh, Shades of Grey were really good. I, th- I thought they were one of his more unique, interesting uh, performances on that one. Ignorance and in- Innocence, real nice hook, nice catchy song. So yeah, uh, 12, I Hear Black. Nice. On to number 11, 2014's White Devil Armory. You know, it's something consistent in the latter area, you know, material for... Overkill, I want to say it's great production. They had better production, definitely, consistent, consistently oh. as well as time went on. I love Armorist. Bitter Pills, fantastic. Where There's Smoke is a burner. Another Day to Die is just moody, cool. I love King of the Rat Bastard, the great melody, especially with the guitar part in the beginning, in the name, and fight song. So the higher on my list, I just thought it was a... There, there's a trio of albums that came around. The other two will be coming later uh, that I think in that 2000 period just wonderful trilogy and return to form for them. So yeah, uh, number 11, White Devil Arm. Uh, my number 11 is uh, Relics, 14. Um, or Rally, mm, Rally 14. Wow. Yeah, I, I really like this album when it, when it first came out, and it's dropped down a little bit. I know the sound quality suffers. You know, it mentioned about the distortion. It's really mid-rangey. It's that heavy groove they were in. Uh, the second half of the album gets a bit repetitious, you know, and some of it uh, sounds like Helmet, which I like Helmet. But it's, uh, you know, it, it was what bad, but the songs that stand out to me, the three songs that really make this album as high as it is, it's, it's Love, the opening track. I think Love is a, is a heavy song. And I love Loaded Rack. And then uh, Bats in the Belfry. You know, I remember hearing mm-hmm. those songs when we saw them. I think the first time there, Chop. I, I wasn't crazy about the mark or, or wheels as much as uh, Funkmeister enjoyed. But there's my number 11. Okay, 11 for me. Uh, we're going to go way back, 87, their second album, uh, Taking Over. A little better, little better production than, uh, than Feel the Fire, but uh, you know, still early, very early, raw, overkill stuff. Um, but you can kind of hear them starting to, starting to find themselves and find their sound. All in all, pretty good, uh, pretty good album. Uh, Fear His Name, very epic track. Power Surge, In Union, In Union We Stand, almost like a Judas Priest kind of anthem. Uh, mm-hmm. metal anthem type song which is cool i would imagine they probably do that live uh that's probably a pretty good live track do you yeah seems cool. like a good live uh you know get the crowd involved kind of track but uh yeah all in all a uh, very solid album for you know early stuff taking over at 11 good choice uh number 10 for me is uh 2012's the electric age a fast album Past album overall, just kind of burns all the way through. Uh, production again, uh, Come and Get It, the opening track, Burner, Electric Rattlesnake, Wish You Were Dead, uh, Black Days, Drop the Hammer Down, Old Wounds, New Scars, All Over But the Shouting, I Love. Um, it's just, it's another second one of that trio I talked to you combined with White Devil Armory. That's my number 10. Nice. Ah, yes. Uh, my number 10, 2019, The Wings of War. Uh, this is brutally fast thrash 
Um, the drums are a little bit buried on a song or two. You know how I like those drums that stand out. <laughs> Slunkmeister. Um, I thought Last Man Standing and Head on a Pin, Welcome to the Garden State, uh, Out on the Road, Kill, were all good songs. Um, but, I mean, this is the album. I mean, they have just like come full circle to that thrash sound. And it was just in your face. It was heavy. And uh, it's, a, it's a great album. And, uh, so, Wings of War. Nice. Okay, top 10 here. Uh, 10 for me, I got Immortalis, 2007. Uh, the first thing I noticed on this was the uh, the drumming really jumped out right away. And I'm like, oh, what is going on here? And this was their first album with uh, Ron, Lipnick, Ron Lipnicki on drums. Definite upgrade at that position. I think all in all, the drumming just kind of elevates this whole album over Relics, which was, you know, not we, we had that. Uh, that was our worst ranked one. So um, just a great album. Devils in the Mist. Very, very thrashy, but I really mm-hmm. love that. Skull and Bones, I thought was cool. Uh, with the addition of the death metal vocals in that, was really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, it really added a nice layer to that. Uh, Hellish Pride, a little repetitive, but nice nice groove, you know, groovy track. So, uh, yeah, that, that puts it in my top ten, Immortalis. Nice. Well, here we go in the single digits. So Yes. Uh, Two, number nine, 2019's Wings of War. Right. Uh, I, I just, oh. the intro of, introduction of Jason Bittner, a Shadows Fall drummer to the band. Boy, and I, Blitz actually said in an interview, he might be the most technical, technically sound drummer they've ever had. And so they actually had to kind of work, you know, with him even more tightly. Uh, <laughs> I, I know Jason Bittner's been in uh, Modern Drummer magazines and different things like that. But he is very, very technical. Yeah, Last Man Standing, like Montag talked. I love Believe in the Fight, especially the break section. It's got an awesome melody groove. Uh, head of a pen. Bat shit crazy. I love it. Welcome to Garden State. Kind of a, <laughs> yeah. a, it, it's kind of punk fun, you know? And it's obviously right. an homage right. to their, their home state, in Jersey, you know, in Jersey. Uh, that's one thing that I love with Overkill, too. They do keep a sense of humor. They remind me of Anthrax in that band. Right. Some right. songs and the early stuff and things, but they still yeah. carry it out. There's a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, not taking everything so seriously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's number nine for me. It's like old school on relics, right? Yeah, it's just kind of it's silly in that in that regard, right? It's a little lighthearted compared to their heavier stuff. So yeah, I like it. Uh, my number nine, uh, 1991 horoscope. Uh, it's thrashy but focused. You know, it's a tighter sound. Um, they're they evolved into this into this sound i think by that by the time the 90s are rolling around with coma and Soltitude, i think are strong strong tracks on that album so they were really kind of by this time honing their honing their sound with without uh before it kind of turned into the groove so it's a strong record so here number nine horror scope uh for me 1988's under the influence at number nine uh, this one, uh, I got some real Anthrax vibes here, like sort of, uh, you know, spreading the disease among the living sort of mm-hmm. era Anthrax stuff. Oh, good call, yeah. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is uh, this album was another sort of step forward for Overkill, uh, as you know, grow, growth musically. I'm, you know, still being Overkill, of course. Uh, a lot of good tracks on this. Never say never. Hello from the gutter. It's just, you know, that's pure Overkillness. Mm-hmm. Right there. Drunken Wisdom. You mentioned that earlier, Chop. Uh, I like that song. Really sludgy. I love the sludgy dark riff in that. Um, yeah, Under the Influence. Number nine. Good album. Number eight. 94's WFO. Uh, I think the first three songs punch you in the face immediately where it hurts faster. The weight and you buy mm-hmm. and load. Under one is super heavy. Mm-hmm. Supersonic Hate, Bastard Nation, and Gasoline Drink. Consistent, heavy, enjoyable overall. This actually, on this tour, they recorded the live album, Wrecking Your Neck Live, in Cleveland at the Agora, which I had the yeah. CD of that. And uh, They loved Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, a couple of their earlier tracks before they did that were also from Cleveland on another one of their EPs. And the other uh, live uh, stuff. Yeah, like, the, the fuck you one. Yeah. yeah. They did a lot you of can hear some of those tracks are like, well. you know, they mentioned Cleveland. So they must literally yeah. like recording here, so which is kind of great. Yeah, it's real cool, you know, paying homage to Cleveland and, and putting out, you know, uh, anything. You know, you don't hear many artists that uh, really give cre- Cleveland credit, especially like the Agora or 
to our smaller clubs and, and our music scene. But uh, I think they they really love. But yeah, that that's number eight for me. WFO. All right, uh, number eight for me is 1996, The Killing Kind. I found that they had a more variety of of rhythm, not just assault or thrash, which I think makes for an interesting uh, listen. There's a, a bit of the groove which they were into. Um, which I think is when he first started hearing that group, which will come into play as they develop later. I thought there was uh, a, a cold and then hard facts, or was it cold hard facts? Uh, it sounded like yeah. it had the mother chord progression. You know, I could hear Danzig there, you know? It did sound <laughs> a little bit like that. But uh, I think it's a strong album, and because because of the variety of sounds, um, was really able to, to pull me away from the straight brutal assault that they can so well deliver, you know? So... Number eight, the killing kind. All right, eight for me. I've got the uh, the grinding wheel. I think this album kind of did what was missing with White Devil Armory. It's what brings it up higher on the list. Uh, it's more diverse, a little more creativity, I think, in this album. Well, a lot more, I, I would say. This is, uh, I think, one of their more creative albums since uh, from the underground and below. I also read that they toured with Nile on this album. So that's kind of interesting. I know, I didn't know those guys ever toured together. But yeah, a lot of good tracks here. Mean Green Killing Machine, I think you'd mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, some straight up like old school priest in that one. Great stuff. Come Heavy, The Grinding Wheel, Emerald. That, that song kind of gave me some old school Maiden vibes, Emerald. So love that. So yeah, number eight, The Grinding Wheel. Okay, so for number seven for me is 2000's Bloodletting. My least favorite thing about it is too bass heavy. It just, it's an album you just can't blare in your stereo, at, you know, whether it's home, whether it's a car, it just wants to blow the speakers. It's just too deep ended. Um, however, very strong album. Um, it's the first with the lead guitar player, Dave Lentz, when he joined the band. Um, he's still with them today. I think, I love every song. I think it was the last for their label, that, the funk label now, CMC International. But uh, I really, I, I love every song. There's not a bad so- song on it for me. So very solid album. Just the production's just way bass. Number seven for me, 1993, I Hear Black. And my notes, this is particularly for the Slunkmeister. I wrote, do you hear that snare drum? It's so <laughs> snappy and sharp. Um, yeah, the quality of the, of the recording is, is really good. Yeah. And I thought Dreaming in Colombian, World of Hurt were particularly strong well, anytime i can point out the really solidly recorded drum kit i will bring it to the table so <laughs> it's 1993 i hear black nice so yeah seven for me i've got 2012's the electric age um yeah i thought this was a pretty worthy follow-up to ironbound in 2010 uh, i don't think the songwriting uh, for me was quite as good as ironbound but uh, hey, nonetheless, this has got some really great uh, guitar solos all throughout this album. Uh, Blitz's vocals are amazing here. Mm-hmm. That really stood out to me. I mean, after this many years and his vocal style, I can't believe his voice has held up the way it has over the years. Right. Pretty amazing. Just iron pipes, man. I, yeah, I don't know how you put some of your best vocal work out after 30 years of doing this and, you know, touring as heavy as they do, but yeah, he's pulled it off. somehow. Mm-hmm. It's because... like hearing Bruce's solo albums, you know, yeah. when he left yeah. Maiden after those two horrible screamy albums and he comes out with all these like great solo albums, like, ah, yeah. so you've been holding back on us. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Blitz is amazing. Amazing. Oh yeah. Great singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some uh, electric, uh, electric rattlesnake. Really cool, pretty complex song. Lots of interesting things going on in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Days, great song. Drop the Hammer, some good attitude in that one. So, uh, yeah, number seven, good album, Electric Age. Good choice. Number uh, six for me, yeah, this is close to Montag's last week. It's I Hear Black. Um, All right. It's their, it's their Sabbath album. I mean, it was a change uh, of style. Interesting. But, but even, you know, even with the muddy, sludgy production, I think it was done intentionally, obviously, because of change in style, and they slowed down things a bit for it. The first three songs, I mean, Dreaming in Colombian, the title track, World of Hurt, just bliss. Spiritual Void, definitely pure Sabbath riffage. Um, Undying, and Just Like You, another great closer. So I thought overall, pretty solid album. I remember I was in, yeah, I was in college at that time. 
I personally, I, I jammed to this a lot. It's like the whole Sabbath thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people did tended to, they got away with fans and stuff. They got away from they're like, oh, they changed totally. Now they're a Sabbath fan. No, it's, you know, they do a lot of other slow songs and other albums that are sludgy. Any, anybody that can uh, hone their sound and uh, is a, almost like a tribute to Black Sabbath, I'm in. So, yeah. Number yeah, because it's me. not the only thing they've done. Like, you're right about that, Chop. It's just they, they, they do a lot of borrowing from other genres that influence them. We've noticed other, other things like, you know, Sabbath or Priest or Maiden. But it's still overkill sound. You know, it's, it's reminiscent of those things. You can hear the influence. But it's what they do with it. You know, everyone influences one another. So, but uh, yeah, it's still overkill, you know. And I, I like a band that kind of progresses and changes over time because then it stays fresh. It's, you know, they're trying something or they're experimenting with something or this is what's what's kind of turning them on at that moment. As Neil Peart would say, when whenever they were doing a new Rush album, this is what we were, what we were feeling at the time. Yeah. And and I, I respect that. This is, these are creative people and... It's, that's part of the joy of creating is trying something new and, and seeing what happens, you know, and it keeps it fresh for them. I mean, when you're a working, hard working band like these guys are and you're doing 200 shows in a year and you got to play these same songs over and over and over again, it's kind of nice to have a, such a different repertoire of, of styles to pull from. You can say, yeah, let's do some more groove tonight or let's pull in some of the sludgier stuff tonight or, you know, because playing an hour and a half of straight thrash, you know, every night that that's, I mean, it's hard on everybody. Yeah. I think metal fans can be a little bit resistant to change and to groups uh, experimenting a little bit. And, uh, I've been prone to that in, in in the past. I've, I've tried to open it up a little more and be a little more, uh, welcoming to bands that are trying something different and, you know, except, except for kiss. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Except for kiss. You son of a bitch. There's always the exception. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever listen yeah. to War Machine? Hmm? Did you ever uh, listen yeah. to it? Hmm? I don't know what you're talking about. My number six. <laughs> Moving on. I, I didn't do my number oh. six yet. Oh, go ahead then. Kissless. Let's get back on track. <laughs> uh, 2014's White Devil Armory. It's, it's still fast. It sounds a bit more like their older selves, I thought, with Armorist and Down to the Bone, Pig, where there's smoke. Uh, the fight song sounds a little bit like old school. And um, I thought Miss Misery sounds a little bit like Ready for Love, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, the only other song I put down for like a negative or the one I didn't, didn't really care for was Another Day to Die. But I thought it was a it's a strong album. I mean, we're we're getting within a couple albums now of each other. We're in this upper quadrant, the upper ten. We're seeing a little more kind of float to the top. Well, Miss Number Misery six. is actually a, Nat- a Nazareth cover. So, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there you go. And Emer- Emerald was a Thin Lizzy cover, so yeah, nice. Yeah, this would well now you out. see their influences too. They're paying yeah. tribute to these bands that they really liked as well. So that's that's cool. So number hey. six uh, was a War Machine for you? Slunk? Was it War, Wait, War, War Machine? Machine? I don't see that. I'm going to go instead <laughs> with what I actually have written. Two thousands bloodletting. Uh, yeah, this album. What it started off kind of like okay, another another thrash you know, overkill album with like, you know, early tracks like Thunderhead, Bleed Me, What I'm Missing, and then uh, starts to shift gears and throws in some groove, uh, Let It Burn, I Hurricane, uh, you know, Blown Away was a really cool track. I love, again, that dark dirginess, great vocals again on that one, just an epic tune. My Name is Pain, great breakdown on that one. That'll get the stank face induced. So uh, yeah, all in all, great album bloodletting here we go top five five. we finally made it um right not yet but we're almost there Um, (laughs) (laughs) number five for me is 2010's iron bound it is part of that trilogy electric age white devil army i just thought really nice trio of albums in the 2000s so Mm -hmm. the green and the black iron bound bring me the night very motorheadish maybe their most motorhead sounding song ever uh, which is nothing wrong with that. The goal is your soul, endless war, killing for a living, SRC. Welcome return to classic overkill. First, like I said, the killer trilogy, Electric Age, White Devil. But again, consistent. You know what you're getting with. Yeah, Number five. that's a great album. Number five for me, 2011, The Electric Age. Super fast and heavy, almost speed metal at times. You know, come yeah. and get it. Electric Rattlesnake, Save Yourself, 21st Century Man, all over but the shouting. Just a strong album. 
top to bottom, you know, it's brutal. You know, it's, it's, this, this is one that you had mentioned there, Chop. This is that they were on, uh, it's almost like they were on a mission to bring back this intensity that they yeah. had kind of, I won't say left off, but I think they were like saying, you know, we did enough of this groove. Let's get back to our roots. And, but then the, it's just ferocious, you know? And, uh, yeah, great album, Electric Age, number five. Uh, five for me. We once again, uh, in agreement here, Chop Top, Ironbound. Um, I think this one just builds off of the, the previous album, Immortalis, but it just does everything a little better. Uh, Blitz's mm-hmm. vocals, in particular, on this oh. album are amazing. Just stellar. Um, this is the second album, again, with Lipnicki on drums. Uh, awesome. Really liked him on, on uh, all the albums he did with them. Uh, the green and black, just a great ripper of a track. A little bit of everything in there. Blitz's vocals mm-hmm. again are fantastic on that track. Ironbound, that slow part in the middle with that soulful sort of guitar solo, fantastic. Uh, head and heart, killing for a living. The SRC, yeah, tons of great stuff on this album. Mm-hmm. Just awesome. Love this album. Ironbound, 2010. That's number five. All right, top four. Number four for me, this be a surprise to you guys, but Feel the Fire, 85. That was their debut. Uh, the production's not good, very early on. But Raise the Dead, Rotten to the Core, classic live staple. We talked about Hammerhead, the title track. Um, Blood and Iron, Kill a Command. It's a classic debut. That East Coast attitude, you know, Anthrax, we talked about them. And even with Overkill, they have it, you know, and it's it's a whole different, and we'll get into that with an, another show we're going to be doing from a band from another coast. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's a different style, yeah, definitely from, from east to west. You know, and I think we'll, we'll get into yeah. a conversation with that. But the attitude is there, New Jersey American thrash from attitude, coast to coast. You know what I'm saying? Number four, this is probably looking at my list now, it probably would go down a little bit only, but uh, maybe not. Uh, 2003, Killbox 13. Um, I love Damned. It is just a great mm-hmm. driving song. I think one of the strongest ones. It's, I think, probably one of my top 10 favorite Overkill songs. Uh, Crystal Clear is like doom metal. It's almost like Trouble in a way, uh, Until mm-hmm. I Die. I remember that being a song that I really I liked. I remember back when uh, when I first heard Kill Box 13, I think from you, Chop Top, you played it. and I Because uh, mm-hmm. I think you had just come to, you had just seen Overkill, I think, on tour or something. You had just seen him or something. Like and I remember, I remember hearing that, I think, with you for the first time. Strong album, number four, Killbox 13. All right, four for me, 1989's Years of Decay. This is kind of a shift in their overall sound. Pretty clean mix here compared to their previous stuff. It's not, not as big and raw sounding. Man, amazingly diverse album. Just chuck full of great tracks. Lots of like time changes. It's just an interesting album to listen to. Real uh, creative stuff, I thought. One of their more creative albums. Um, this album just really, as I was working through, you know, their the the discography, working my way through, this one really just jumped out at me uh, amongst all their early stuff. Some of their standouts were uh, Playing With Spiders, Skull Crusher, you know, that sludgy, again, that Sabbath mm-hmm. sort of sludgy right. Sabbath vibe there. Yeah. Great vocals on that. Birth of Tension, some cool time changes there. Who Tends to Fire? You know, Years of Decay, bonafide power ballad there. You know, Blitz got some vocal range on that one. All in all, that one really jumped out. I enjoyed enjoyed my way, uh, working my way through that album. So at four, Years of Decay. Great choice. That happens to be my number yeah. three. All right. Um, this is their fourth album, killer opening, ending tracks again, Time to Kill, Evil Never Dies, which is just amazing. Elimination, um, it was a fave live song, a pretty heavy rotation on Headbangers Ball back in the day, actually. And uh, Skull Crusher, again, yeah, that heavy doomy. Birth of Tension, Two Times of Fire, the title track. Yeah, we, we, you said enough about it, Slunk, but uh, I, I really enjoy that one. Number three. Number three for me. Uh, oh, go ahead, Slunk Meister, you were going to say something? No, I just agreeing. No, oh, okay. Ahead. Number three, 2000s, Bloodletting. Uh, this was a return to their thrash sound. After the, the 90s groove uh, songs, you know, Thunderhead, Let It Burn, that syncopation in Let It Burn. I thought with that syncopated heavy groove, they brought that back in. Can't Kill a Dead Man. Um, it was it was like their hallmark. And then, you know, they kind of just kept on going with that thrash as they continued. But, yeah, I, I like Bloodletting. It's, a, it's just a 
classic. This is like when I was at one of the classic, like overkill sounding records, you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of incorporates the, both of the thrash, the groove in a way that is uniquely their sound. Bloodletting, number three. Did you, nice. Monte, did you, did you guys have a problem with, well, did you have a problem with the production? Or like, was I right on? It's too bass heavy, you think, in the mix? Or is it just, maybe I'm hearing I, it different? I didn't think it was a problem. Bernie's bass has always been, sometimes it's it's not as prominent in records as others, but I, uh, I'd i had to listen to it again to see if it was overmixed into there. But I, I, I didn't put any notes as to far as that, you know, the production value goes on my end, but um, mm-hmm. I'd have to listen to it again and and see if I if I'm hearing what you're hearing. Yeah, no same problem. for me. It didn't really. It, it didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it didn't jump out as to me as much where I would take note of it and you know mm-hmm. and uh, jot that down as as I was listening to it. So it uh, didn't seem to be a problem for me. All right. Hopefully we're at the top two, ladies oh, and minute. gentlemen. I've got my, got my oh, that's three right, number here. three. Got to finish with the slunks. Number three. Uh, three for me is Wings of War. Yeah, by the time I finally reached this album, uh, and after the first couple tracks, I'm like, all right, yeah, another Overkill album. <laughs> you know, fatigue was probably sitting in, but man, mm-hmm. as I got further and further into it, uh, my opinion definitely changed. Uh, this is just a great Overkill album. It was a bigger, more raw sound than some of their mm-hmm. recent stuff previous. Um, mm-hmm gave it a little more of an edge a little more of that overkill edge to it the new drummer this is where bittner came in uh mm-hmm. fantastic does a great job on this album uh, uh yeah head of a pin batshit crazy distortion yeah welcome to the garden states just hilarious mm-hmm. uh where a few where a few dare to walk is amazing yes um, i forgot to. Make- yeah yeah all in all yeah. you know yeah for being it's- kind of fatigued by this point and then this mm-hmm. album kind of starting off a little like uh, more of the same for it to kind of pull me in the way it did really speaks to how good this album really is overall. Yeah. I think. Oh, it's brutally fast, so, and it, mm-hmm. it is a it is a monster record. Yeah. So there you mm-hmm. go, 2019 Wings of War. Now we're down to the top two. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Number two for me is 91's Horoscope. The whole album's classic. It's their best selling album for them, I think, all the time, at least here in the states. Uh, not a bad song, in my opinion. Infectious. Another great live staple, very good production. Even the cover of Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. I was just listening to it today, actually. I reach for a sound nice. a lot, the classic. Nice. And I... nice. Number two. Great nice. album. My number two is 2010's Ironbound. Uh, I just, it's a, we've talked about it. It's a great album, the, the super heavy. I love that gorgeous slow solo in, in uh, that, that Ironbound and, and Bring Me the Night. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, is it fast, you know? Uh, it's like, I, I noticed like Thrash with a touch of uh, Judas Priest, you know? And what I heard when I heard, listened to like, Killing for a Living, I, I I was hearing like a little bit, maybe a little touch of Rigor Mortis, I thought, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Just the chord progressions, you know, or the way Rigor Mortis would do something or the sound. Um, the SRC, you know, we talked about, but yeah, Ironbound, it's Ugh, it is just insane. Really good, really good stuff. By this time, you know, it's just uh, no matter how fatigued you are, just like you had said, Slunkmeister, when an album pulls you in, and mm-hmm. uh, it just shows their their potency of what they can do. Yeah. Number two, Iron Man. Number two, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Two for me. Uh, we once again, Chop Top. We are in accord. Uh, Horror Scope ninety one. Great production quality on this one. It's really easy on the ears. Nice, clean sound, which, you know, doesn't always work for Overkill, but it does here. Uh, musically, this is, um, I don't know, just awesome. So many great tracks. Like you said, I don't think there's a bad track on this. Right on. Uh, Infectious, Thanks for Nothing, New Machine, Live Young, Die Free. Horoscope, the title track, is absolutely mm-hmm. One of the stankiest of stank-faced <laughs> inducers. Horoscope, man. Can we see the stank-faced Flat out one of my favorite, favorite overkill <laughs> tracks, period. Uh, Thanks, Slunkmeister. Show it! It's stank. Show us the stank. <laughs> oh, oh, we got to start making it. That's the last thing his sock sees before it gets filled. Nice. Nice. Slunk <laughs> has spoken. All right. So, two, horoscope. Yes. Excellent. Here we are. We reach number, number one. one. I'm number one. one. The Sawyers are number one. <laughs> Taking over 87. 
uh, it was the first oh, album wow. that got me into them. Uh, obviously, second for the band. Nice to feature original drummer Rat Skates. Uh, they had a lot of drummer changes in history, but really not too bad. Of you know, they they, they seem to continue to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade as time went on. Especially mm-hmm. Bettner, the monster. Every song's great. I think very consistent. East Coast Thrash Bliss. You know, in Union We Stand was on heavy rotation. Also, I think it was her first video, I believe, on M- MTV's Headbangers Ball. But that was on quite a bit in heavy rotation when it first came out. And it's quite an anthem. And uh, I just, I really enjoy that. It's what got me started. I get it. I can see why it's one of your favorites. You know, it's that album that whatever album gets you into it, it always stays as one of your favorites. You know, whatever band. You know, I mean, I totally, totally respect that. Uh, yeah. Uh, my number one, 1997 from the underground and below. Um, it lives is a driving ripper. And and one of the, my favorite tracks is, was a Genesee or Genesiah. Uh, the second yeah. bridge, it kind of builds up and there's this kind of chorus that responds that, oh, wow, oh, wow. Oh, you know, kind of, uh, that builds up as it goes. And I just, I just kind of love that, that, that chorus coming in and um kind of just drives that song half past dead fucked um other than promises you know uh but otherwise i mean it is just it is a great album and it contains everything that overkill what i like about overkill you know it's just and the attitude with fucked you know uh, you got the the backing vocals you got the strong some of the groove you got the thrash it's like it's like overkill in a nutshell for me so number one from the underground and below well we waited for the very last the very last tr- uh, album to uh to agree montag <laughs> from the underground and below number one Finally, yeah. get yes. back on track with me about <laughs> finally time did something right smart finally did something right okay yeah great album. some of their best songwriting i mean just catchy riffs nice time changes it's very interesting just album to listen to throughout you never get mm-hmm. really fatigued or bored or anything awesome killer killer album uh it's just uh, i think overkill's at their best when they're being creative writing creative songs and mm-hmm. i think they do it really well you know when they do it and this they they mm-hmm. did it in spades here yeah it lives uh save me you know that mm-hmm. uh that riff that megadeth would later rip off and put in symphony destruction is in there <laughs> yeah. a long time dying i'm all right rip and tear you know the breakdown in that mm-hmm. middle Boom, stank face mm-hmm. right there. Tons of it. Tons of stank in the middle of ripping tape. Yes. So, yeah. It's uh, yeah. From the underground blow. Great album. I think this right. is when I was really uh listening to uh, I think this one might have been the first album uh when I was getting into some uh, overkill at the time. Mm-hmm. I think this is the album that I was introduced to overkill. So must have nice. made a uh, must have made an impression because yeah. still love still love it. Yeah, they were really progressing their groove thrash here, you know, and it's a yeah, a good example of all that. It's a good album. You know, looking at all this whole list, what I find really interesting is that, you know, Chop Top, you've been such a fan from the beginning, and you mm-hmm. really love that early thrash. Like, your first pick was my last, and it's not because it's a bad album. Not right. at all. I just had to put it somewhere, you know, but right. I like the, the more current thrash, and I like the groove stuff. A little mm-hmm. better than the early thrash. Only I, I only think because now it's more refined. I think their thrash now is technically better. Like they're like, better at doing yeah. what they started when then they did in the eighties. Like like you know with the new drummers that they've had and and mm-hmm. with you know Ironbound and those new albums. It's like oh my god. It's like it, it has a level of technical prowess that it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could have done when they were you know nineteen eighty seven. It just wasn't. No. You just couldn't do it. And I think that's what what I like about their their current incarnation of thrash, it's more brutal. It's just more intense. Um, yeah, it's sonically richer and more, you know, it, it really mm-hmm. it pounds on your yeah. 